Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Triantic, over there. On the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing very well today. Uh, the Midsummer Classic is upon us. The MLB Draft is tonight. The Home Run Derby is tomorrow. The All-Star Game is Tuesday. It's one of the most exciting times uh, around the baseball calendar. I feel like every All-Star weekend we leave thinking like, yeah, that was really cool. And I'm... I think there's a lot of cool things happening this weekend, and obviously a lot of fun players are going to be in the All-Star game. Home Run Derby looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, like it always is. Uh, and I think overall there's also just more hype around the draft this year than there has been in years past. So a lot of things to look forward to uh, this week, and we're going to be breaking down all of it today. Yeah, I, I definitely – yeah, I agree that there's more hype around the draft. I think part of that has to do with the top prospects being college guys, guys that have – you know fans have been able to see on a national scale, especially with, you know, LSU uh, going so far in the, uh, in the college world series. Whereas, you know, last year, the number one pick was, uh, was Jackson holiday. And, you know, the year before it was like, you know, it was Henry Henry Davis. It was Henry Davis who I don't think Louisville went too far. And, you know, the top, the consensus like top prospect out of that draft was Marcelo Meyer, who, you know, wasn't a he, he didn't go to college he was a high school guy so ha- I think having um having the top guys be college guys I think adds more adds more hype to all this because you know a national audience has seen you know how good they really are yeah and I mean I think you know you only mentioned the past two years and I think that's the appropriate thing to do because only only in that time as MLB really started to make the draft like an event you know like they hold it during all-star weekend on the Sunday before the all-star break they don't schedule a Sunday night game so that people can watch it without having other games going on um, which definitely adds a lot more eyes to it Um, and yeah this is kind of the first time where you know in that era where the draft is a public event there's people that go to it and the top prospects are guys that you've probably seen you know people have watched Dylan Cruz they've watched Paul Skeens and they watch them play against guys like Wyatt Langford who's going to be going uh, pretty early as well uh, you know, they, they got to watch these guys chase Dolan during the College World Series, um, you know, like Walter Jenkins as well. Like all these guys are names and they're fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely very cool. And what's also cool about college guys getting drafted higher is you're probably going to see them sooner, too, um, as opposed mm-hmm. to like, you know, when the Red Sox signed uh, Mar- or when the Red Sox drafted Marcelo Meyer. I was like, okay, that's really cool. It's good we got this high draft pick. We'll see in 2024, and you know they drafted him in mm-hmm. in 2021. There's a possibility that a possibility that we see some of these guys like late next year. I would be surprised if you know, barring anything drastic, we see Paul Skeens like on an opening day roster next year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, depend. Depend. Of course, it depends on the organization. Um, but it really wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he right. is the, and also, I mean, like, 
you know, I think he's be- the, the the name that's really being thrown out there with him specifically is Steven Strasburg. You know, I think a lot of people are, are in agreement that he's the top pitching prospect since Strasburg. And, uh, you know, it's very possible that the organization that took Strasburg also takes Skeens. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, especially, you know, they're obviously at similar points. Uh, they would be at similar points in their in their uh, development, um, similar points in their development when drafting those guys, you know, both kind of in rebuilding phases uh, back in, you know, 2009 and now to 2023. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very cool, very cool to have you know the MLB draft have this spotlight on them because I know like th- this is a big week for baseball. This is the week where baseball has the biggest spotlight on it, and really the only spotlight in sports is on the MLB. It's the biggest thing going on, at least in American sports. Uh, so you know it's very cool. It's very cool that the MLB draft is a part of that, and uh, it it definitely adds to the spotlight and you know i think it's cool that they have that and yeah it's a very it's a very big thing it's there's a bit there's a little bit of pressure on mlb to to come through uh when when the week is you know when the spotlight is on is on them this much yeah and i think that they've done a pretty good job of it over the last couple of years um you know there are some things that could be better i mean i wish the futures game was also i wish the futures game was on the wednesday honestly um because like i hate having it like it was held last night while there were mlb games on um i wasn't able to watch because i was working but regardless like that's something that i think a lot of people want to watch that they don't want to have to uh choose over their watching their team or choose watching their team over that uh i would say put the futures game on the wednesday uh after the all-star game um i know that like the idea idea behind that is probably that MLB doesn't want to put anything after the all-star game they probably want all-star week to end with the main event um but I think they got to find a way to make like the futures game I think is becoming a larger event than it was previously um you know similar to the draft you know you you watch these guys get drafted you want to watch them on the national stage in the next couple of years uh during all-star week I think you got to find a way to make that your own you know its own thing as well um, however that may happen, but I think it's, it's certainly, uh, a thing that's like the one major improvement that I think MLB could make to all-star week. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely understand that because, uh, it's not like, it's not like they're scheduling the game when it is to, uh, I think it's not like they're scheduling that game to save players from not getting their time on their minor league teams. Cause their minor league teams are still playing, uh, in this time frame and, I think they I think some of them have time off during All-Star week cuz like I know the AAA All-Star game is this week too uh which is mm-hmm. where a lot of these guys play. So yeah, it would it would make a little more sense to uh have that futures game have that futures game, you know, maybe on a Wednesday, you know, the AAA All-Star game or is, you know, maybe a Thursday or Friday or something. I don't know how many play in both uh to be honest, but I know they're around the same time. So yeah, you know, it, it would be nice to have a little more of a spotlight because yeah, I think that is, I think you're right that it is getting more popular because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of tremendous athletes. I know there was that um, one pitcher, I forget who it was, but I mean, his stuff looked amazing. He had like a, he was throwing 101, had this like 86 mile per hour. Oh, I know you're ball. talking about. Um, and he, you know, I think MLB I think it was posted the it. Guy. 
I want to say it was a Marlins guy, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it, it was pretty crazy what what the guy was doing. I, I just know his stuff was crazy. So there's there's a lot of ta- there's a lot of talent down there. There's a lot of talent at that uh at that futures game. And also it's a it's a cool thing for fans of rebuilding teams to and even like the Red Sox aren't a re- rebuilding team necessarily, but like having a guy being like like Marcelo Meyer being like, okay, like this is our this is our guy. This is our guy. He might be coming up next year. I kind of want to see him on this national spot uh on this national spotlight. Um yeah, I'm just looking up this picture by the way. Jake, it's it was okay, I mixed it up. It was Brewers. Um yeah. Yeah, no, the Brewers College, uh, or Brewers guy, Jacob Mizorowski. Um, he real quick just has a he's in high A ball right now. He has a one eighty three ERA and nineteen point two innings pitched, eleven strikeouts per nine. Uh overall this year he has thirteen point six strikeouts per nine and he's twenty one years old. So uh yeah, he's he was the guy that really stood out last night, like in terms of like Twitter highlights. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's who, that's the guy you were talking about, Brewers yep. prospect. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, all in all, it's going to be an exciting week, I guess. Yeah, it's sort of already begun with the Futures League, or not the Futures League. That's a <laughs> that's a third tier. Um, it's a summer collegiate league. Third tier collegiate league. The Futures yeah. game, uh, kind of it kind of already started with that, but anyway, uh. We will kind of get into the home run derby, what we expect out of that. It's going to be a cool event. Um, a lot of new faces, which is pretty cool. Um, one particular guy hasn't done it before who's, you know, got a very hope, uh, very high profile on him. Uh, so in the one seed, you have Luis Robert. Um, shockingly enough, yeah, he's the leader of, of the leader in home runs out of this group. Uh, you have Luis Robert at the two seed, you have Pete Alonso. Three seed Mookie Betts, uh, who is probably the highest profile guy who hasn't done it yet. Uh, four seed Adolis Garcia. Uh, five seed is Randy Rosarena. Six seed Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Seven seed is Julio Rodriguez in his home park at T-Mobile Park. And the eight seed is Adley Rutschman. Um, what are you thinking about this? What do you think? What are, what are your overall thoughts on this group this year? I think it's a solid group. You know, there's, there, I don't think, you know, you don't look at anyone and be like, okay, why are they there? Which you don't really do that in the home run derby anyway, to begin with. But, you know, there's not a single person that I'm not looking forward to seeing hit. A lot of these guys are doing it for the first time. Uh, a lot of returners like Vlad's doing it for the first time since, you know, he put on that famous show in 2019 in Cleveland. Obviously Pete Alonso is doing it again because he's kind of become a staple to the events. Um, Adley is, a Pacific Northwest native. So, I mean, I think him coming back is a pretty cool storyline. Uh, and one underrated thing, I think I love the matchup of in the first round of Adolis Garcia versus Randy Rosarena. I think it's the most evenly matched, like, matchup you could have ever dreamed of. Because if you look at their, their batted ball profiles, specifically with home run related stuff, they are virtually the same hitter. Um, just pulling up numbers real quick. In 2022, they are separated in an average exit velocity by 0.4 miles per hour. Uh, they are separated in barrel rate by about 1.5%. Uh, they're separated in hard hit rate by nothing. They have literally identical hard hit rates this season. Uh, their max exit velo is separated by less than one mile per hour. Uh, like, this is 
as evenly matched as you can get. And not only that, but like they play the same position. They have very similar builds. They have very similar skill sets. They both originally came from the Cardinals organization. Uh, like they have so much in common. And I think it's going to be very cool to watch them face off in the first round. And I think it's like the perfect four or five matchup. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, Randy Rosarina, I think, has more namesake because he, of what he was able to do in the 2020 playoffs. But I mean, Adolis Garcia has really developed this year, uh, especially in terms of hitting. Uh, he's had a, a rise in exit velocity and barrel rate and, and whatnot, which is really cool. A big part of the reason why the Rangers are in first place. Uh, but yeah, the, the, yeah, the pool is very cool. And, and along with that, looking up stuff for this particular home run derby, you know, we're, we're, we're ARR. So we kind of look at things a little bit more analytically, but all in all, this stuff mm-hmm. is usually by chance, but it, what's really cool about the uh, stat cast exit velocity, like, and barrel rate leaderboards that they have automatically for you is, uh is they also have average exit velocity average exit velocity on fly balls and line drives um so it's cool to look at that stuff and i think arosa reina and garcia are also virtually the same on that as well um but yeah that's going to be a good matchup um do you so what's kind of a to should we get into like a prediction of the of this of this uh of this event absolutely i already i don't know if you saw but i already did mine on twitter but i will repeat them here yep yep absolutely all right you want want to go first uh sure um what i will say on this is i really have no faith at all in any of these picks because it's it's as 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 much as i can dive deep as much as i can go on baseball savant all none of that stuff really uh none of that stuff really ends up mattering a lot of this stuff is kind of weird like objectively you look at it like two years ago, Joey Gallo should not have should have hit way more than I think the 12 home runs that he hit or whatever. Like he just didn't perform, even though the home run derby was essentially built for him. Like there's just mm-hmm. there's just some weird stuff that goes on. So I don't really have any faith in any of these picks, but I'm trying I'll, I'll try to justify them as much as I can. But yeah, that first round, it's uh, Luis Robert versus Adley Rutschman. I know there's a bad stigma with the one seed. Uh, I think you might be able to get more into that. There's a bad, bad stigma with the one seed in the home run derby. Um, but I'm going to pick Luis Robert to break that streak this year. Um, I think what alarmed me about Rutschman was, I think he has like a below average uh, average exit velocity the average exit velocity this year. Um, Luis Robert has a great barrel rate. Um, I think it's 15%. Uh, or somewhere around 15% this year. He also pulls a lot of fly balls according to his savant page or pulls a lot of balls in general, which is going to do you well uh, in a home run derby. Cause I think the, I think about two thirds of barrels uh, that are pulled go out as home runs, but only like one third of opposite field and straight away barrels uh, end up home runs. Uh, just some weird research I did uh, a while ago. But yeah, uh, I'm going with Luis Robert there. And then two verse seven is uh, is uh, what Pete Alonso versus Julio Rodriguez. Uh, I'll just go with Pete Alonso because, you know, this is this is uh, I know I know he lost uh, last year, but it's still his 
sort of his crown to take. Juan Soto isn't there this year. And I think Pete Alonso is going to come back and he's going to have a good performance. Uh, at the with the uh, three versus six round, it's uh, it's Mookie Betts versus Vlad Guerrero Jr. I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. is a is a clear favorite here, but um, for my dumb analytical reasons, I'm going with uh, Mookie Betts because he has a very high fly ball rate, and he's and out of all of the contenders, I looked up. He has the highest pulled fly ball rate. He pulls the most, the the highest rate of fly balls out of anyone in this field. I think that's going to help him out. I also think he has a really tight compact com- compact swing, and I don't think he's going to get tired. Uh, but I could easily be proven wrong. And then uh, in the four versus five, I have Adolis Garcia. He has the highest barrel rate out of any contender here. Um, and I, you know, as you said, it's very even with him in a Rosarena. But it's more of a me throwing some love to uh, Adolis Garcia. So I have the top four seeds all advancing uh, is basically right. what I'm saying. So I I definitely went a very different route on this. Um, I I did, in fact, take Adley Rutschman to defeat Luis Roberts. Uh, I have the eighth seed upsetting the one seed. The one seed has not made it out of the first round since 2016. Uh, just to go through the history, uh, in 2017 at Marlins Park, Gary Sanchez in the eighth seed defeated John Carlos Stanton in his home park when he was trying to defend the title, um, which, you know, theoretically it made all the sense in the world for Stanton to win, but he just didn't. Uh, in 2018, Reese Hoskins uh, at Nationals Park took down the one seed Jesus Aguilar. Uh, Aguilar was on like an absolute tear in June and July of that year, and he was literally coming off like the hottest stretch. And you know, a lot of people were kind of going recency bias on that pick to put him in the one seed. Obviously, he had the most home runs in the group, so it made sense. But uh, ultimately, Reese Hoskins did take him down. Um, in 2019, this one does have a little bit of an asterisk, but uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. as, as the eight seed took down uh, Matt Chapman as the one seed. Of course, Matt Chapman was a late add to the field as Christian Yelich was supposed to be the one seed, but he got hurt like the day or two before. Uh, however, I still think Vlad Guerrero Jr. would have won with his 29 first round home runs, uh, regardless, um, over uh, over Christian Yelich. Don't doesn't matter how good he was in 2019 in that first half. And then in 2021, it was Shohei Otani versus uh, Juan Soto, and Juan Soto just was able to take was able to take him down. Uh, and then in 2022, last year, it was Kyle Schwarber versus. Uh, 42-year-old Albert Albert Pujols, and Pujols found his way through through that and won it in the uh, in the first round. So no matter how little sense it makes, the one seed just never is able to pull through. Uh, so I am taking Rutschman. I I like that he's uh in his hometown. You know, I know that like he does have a below average exit velocity, but you know, I mean, like there is, you know, you are comparing him hitting trying to hit 98 miles an hour to him hitting BP. Um, it is very different. You know, I'm sure if he was uh, hitting BP all year, you know, his numbers would look a lot different. Same goes for everyone in this crowd. That's why it's it's such a crapshoot, this entire thing. Uh, but I am going with Ali Rutschman. Also, the um, the I'm assuming he's going to be hitting lefty. I could be wrong. Maybe he just happens to be more powerful as a righty. Um, but... The dimensions in right field are slightly shorter than they are in left field. Not that I think that's really going to matter for Luis Robert. I think he'll hit at 450 no matter what every time. Um, 
But I did go with Rutschman for those reasons. Uh, for the 2-7 matchup with Pete Alonso and Julio Rodriguez, I did take Pete Alonso as well. Uh, I think Pete's out for blood this year. Julio is the one person that has ever defeated him in a home run derby. Um, and I think Pete, as psychopathic as he is with this, is going to take that is going to take that personally. Um, I think he's been training for the last year specifically to defeat Julio Rodriguez, if we're being completely honest. Um, so I think he's going to be I think he's going to be out for blood tonight or uh, on Monday, rather. Um, and he's going to take down Julio in his home park. Uh, in the three six matchup with Mookie Betts and Vlad Guerrero Jr., I selfishly took Vlad. I mean, I think, you know, we saw what he did in 2019, uh, and he's unfortunately kind of the same hitter now that he was then. I know he is hitting less ground balls, but I mean, his weighted runs created plus is relatively the same. Um, which not that that really matters or plays a factor, but it is the first time he's done the Derby uh, since 2019. Uh, and obviously he put on one of the greatest performances in Derby history, 91 home runs throughout the three rounds. Uh, and, you know, his issue is that he kind of slowed up late, but we're talking early right now. So I'm going to go with Vlad over Mookie Betts, even though he is on like literally the best home run tear of his career right now. Um, I just, I don't know. I mean, Vlad's going to set the tone and I think it's just going to be a little too much. Uh, and then in the four five, this is literally the biggest toss up ever. I there's not much of a rationale to give here, but I I took a Rosarena over Garcia. I just think I don't know, like upsets happen quite a lot in this derby, and I think just setting the be having the ability to set the tone and not having a number in mind, like probably is a lot easier mentally. So you know, in the toss up, I just threw threw out the underdog in there. Uh, I can easily see Adolis Garcia winning, um, but I took Randy for that reason. Right. Yeah. 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 And <clears throat> I definitely took, I, I took, uh, bets over Guerrero jr. A lot because just, just to be different, not even, not, not even necessarily being, Oh, I could totally see. I, I agree with you in that. I have no faith in any of these picks except for yeah. maybe Pete Alonso. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But at the same and, time, uh, I could absolutely see Julio just destroying in his home, in his home park with his home fans. Right. And, and, uh, and another good thing you mentioned is like, yeah, looking at these baseball savant numbers, like hitting, hitting against, you know, perfect, you know, MLB pit MLB quality pitching versus batting practice. It's a lot different. I can look at all these guys, fly ball and line drive rates, all I want, but at the end of the day, their fly ball rate, uh, and the home run derby is going to be at least 80%. So, uh, yeah, I don't really have to. I don't really have to worry about <laughs> Yeah, if it's if it's not like you're getting banned from the event. Yeah. I don't have to I don't really have to worry about uh your launch angle, uh your average launch angle with this. Um mm -hmm. but anyway, uh so yeah, my I think it's more just like who can hit more home runs like on a line and thus give themselves more time and more swings and more opportunities. Like that's really the only analytical way you could look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, if you have... Like, if Luis Roberts hitting, like, you know, 19-degree missiles into the crowd every time, there's going to be less time uh, between pitches. Not that, you know, not that they really care about the time between pitches anyway, because the rule is supposed to be the ball has to land. But as you'll see, there is absolutely no policing of that, and no one follows the rule. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Um, Which is fine by me. Yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm all good with that. Uh, but yeah, so I have the I have the top four seeds advancing, which on paper looks kind of lame. But considering 
the the names that uh the names that would be beaten hypothetically it's not really it's not really uh it's it's there there are some underdogs being taken so that means that i have luis robert going against adolis garcia and pete alonzo going against mookie betts and i have adolis garcia and pete alonzo moving on uh i think garcia largely i just want to keep giving shout outs to him he does have the highest barrel rate out of anyone uh in this field so big shout out to him and pete alonzo uh, i just think is just really good at the home run derby in general so he's i think he's just just going to move on past luis robert sure so in the second round second round i have randy rosarena taking on adley rutschman and then i have vladimir guerrero taking on or vladimir guerrero jr taking on pete alonzo um, I have Arena and Guerrero moving on to the next round uh, in the finale. And I took Arena just because, you know, I feel very confident in, in just, I don't know, I th- I could see him just being a, that guy that puts on a show because he does it in the postseason. He does it in the regular season at times. Um, and I feel like this is the kind of stage that was just made for him. Um, you know, I don't really have much of an explanation to that other than simply that. And then Vlad versus Pete Alonso, that's obviously a rematch of the 2019 finals. I like this matchup more for Vlad in the second round than I do in the third round. Um, if you remember his second round in 2019, it was the iconic uh Jock Peterson matchup where he went to like he were they tied and they went to like three swing offs. Uh and Vlad was just completely gassed by the end of it. I like his and people forget he hit like 30 home runs in that second round, too. And then Jock Peterson happened to tie it. Um so I like Vlad much better in the second round than I do in the third round, specifically against Pete Alonso. So I have an AL East matchup, the everyone's favorite AL East matchup, Blue Jays versus Rays in the finals. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, my uh, yeah, my final is Adolis Garcia versus Pete Alonso. It's Rangers Mets. It's the battle of Nolan Ryan and among others. Don't want to give away any grid possibilities that I might use. <laughs> Just in case anyone needs to happen to remember a Rangers and Met at some point. I don't know why anyone would need to do that. Right. It's it's so funny. It's, this is off track, but with the with the immaculate grid, it's so funny being like, well, I might need to know if this if this uh if this Orioles player got fifty stolen bases that one year. <laughs> I, I will like randomly be on a player's page, like just because I'm looking at them like i normally would before the immaculate grid era and then i'll be like wait a minute what teams they play for and did they ever have a 300 average or 20 wins or yeah 40 (laughs) saves like just 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 in case yeah absolutely absolutely um but yeah going back to the home run derby ever need to no right yeah going uh going back to the home run derby adolis garcia and pete alonzo i'm picking adolis garcia for the sole reason of being different uh there's not really any reason to do that uh i just i just think you know just shout out to him for having the highest barrel rate out of this out of this great crew of guys um and the highest barrel yeah. rate as of yesterday i'm not sure if that as of as of friday as of the end of friday it could i as i'm speaking, i mean it's this, what 16.2 percent it's it's yeah it's up there it's up there for sure um but i know he's you know as of as of the end of friday he had the highest barrel rate out of this crew but uh it could have changed it, the, they're everyone's pretty close in the rankings except for 
I think one or two guys. Um, who do you have winning the home run derby? Um, I do have Vlad Guerrero taking it this year. Um, I think it would be very cool to see him winning it years after his dad won it. Um, with three home runs in the finals. <laughs> Side note: <laughs> the home run derby has gotten so much better in the like clock era. Uh, some would say just like Major League Baseball in general. Um, but yeah, I mean. Listen, you you can have your opinions on the pitch clock, but I think we can all agree the home run derby timer has made the event a million times better, uh, because like even even like the the era of not caring about like throwing the next pitch when the ball lands is so much better. Like go back and watch the twenty fifteen home run derby, uh, and then watch like anyone from twenty nineteen and forward, and it's laughably better uh in in the recent years like this event has gotten like this event has honestly become the premier event of all-star week uh, uh like i think most people look forward to the home run derby more than they look forward to the all-star game the all-star game is not gonna lie kind of boring um yeah truly truly it is and which is which is mostly the case in in most sports to begin with but yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I watched an All-Star game and was like, yo, that was awesome. It was probably 2018, like the extra innings game in Nationals Park. Yeah, where there were like 11 home runs hit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree that it is, that it is the premier event. Um, yeah, thinking uh, apparently in 19... Wait, 19... Yeah, in 1987, uh, only eight only eight home runs were hit at the home run derby or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> to be fair they probably loved it in 87 they were like, like look at those line drives into the gap oh yeah 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 i mean that was the yeah they should have just had like a a sprint competition because that was the golden age of stolen yeah. bases yeah just throw like ricky henderson out there throw like what yeah vince coleman throw, like, ozzy smith out there yeah for sure for sure, but yeah, uh, we have. So I have. Is Adam, Lou Brock still is... stealing bases in '87? I don't think so. No, he is. He was long out of the game by then. Yeah. Uh. So I have uh, Adolis Garcia winning the home run derby. Daniel has Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Very understandable. Um. He got very close to doing that four years ago. Uh. So, um, we could briefly discuss the All Star Game and what that might possibly bring um what are you expecting what are you expecting out of this uh what do you what do you what do you want to see from the all-star game um i just want to see like a competitive game i feel like i don't know like i don't want like a like a five to two game right where it's like it just feels over by the sixth um yeah like i don't know i would like the top slash bottom of the ninth to be filled with some sort of like nerves for whoever is on the mound whoever's at the plates um i'd like to not know who's going to win in the ninth inning or the eighth inning for that matter um it probably doesn't help that like the best closer in the league is going to be out there in the ninth if there's a if there's a lead yeah very fair very fair uh yeah you know i don't know i would like a competitive game um the American League has won the last what like ten All Star games or something like that, dating back to like twenty thirteen. Yeah, I think it's been nine because there wasn't one in twenty twenty of the, and they've won every one since twenty thirteen. 
Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, because because yeah, the AL won like I think they won like fourteen in a row, and then the NL won three in a row, twenty ten to twenty twelve, and then the AL has won nine in a row. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they're like tied, like overall record. So it was a big comeback. Big comeback on the AL's part. National yes. League blew a like fourteen win lead. <laughs> yeah, the, A- the American AL... League leads. Okay, coming into twenty twenty three, the American League's lead. American League leads the all time series with a record of forty seven, forty three, and two. Yeah, the the American League so... has been better than like the Braves over their last thirty. They've, yeah, they've won like yeah. twenty three out of twenty six or something like that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, they did tie in two thousand two. That's true. Okay, yeah. So twenty twenty three out of twenty seven, maybe something something around there. Still like that. Yeah, Still, they're the hot. The, like no one's talking about it. The American League is the hottest team in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All this talk about like the Braves, all this talk about the Rays throughout the season, the Rangers, the Orioles. It's like no one's talking about the American League, actually. Yeah, they pose the biggest threat. And I mean, you look at their roster. I mean, wait till like you look at their roster. It's full of all stars. It's (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's an it's an all star team. Yeah, it's basically like you're putting an all star team on the field. Um, So. So, yeah, I mean, Al Al Spalding is rolling in his grave right now. Oh yeah, just seeing this, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. The guy um, who invented the National League is so pissed. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Like, yeah, I mean, Ban Ban Johnson is is just up and down in his grave. He's pumped. Yeah, <laughs> dude, they're doing it for dude. Like, like they have pregame speeches every every All Star game. They're like, we're doing this for Ban. <laughs> We're doing it for him. You know that you know that video uh from I think it was Jeter's last all star game when Joe Buck was like in the clubhouse and all the players were like, What is this guy doing here? And Derek Jeter kicked him out. <laughs> they were in the middle of their Ben Johnson speech. Yeah. That's what that's what people don't want to know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that in that American League clubhouse, they always have a big portrait of Ben Johnson and his and his small glasses. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah and if you if you don't know what we're talking about ben, ben johnson was the creator of the american league he was the american league president for a very long time uh and i may if i feel like putting the effort i may put a picture of him in the uh in the podcast so uh getting back on track here uh for the all-star game i think one of the best things mlb did was uh or at least, well, their biggest mistake was making it matter. And then the, the what they what was a good thing was getting rid of the um, World Series reward, where they where you know you you the win the winner of the game gets home field advantage at the for the World Series. Mm-hmm. MLB did a great job of getting rid of that. Um, the fact that like the 2016 World Series started and ended in Cleveland is such a travesty it's because because the american because eric hosmer went off for the for the american league of all people like that's the reason why we couldn't get the cubs winning the world series at wrigley field yeah it's not literally because of eric hosmer yeah that's crazy um 
so yeah, it was good. It was good to get rid of that because it already it didn't really still feel that competitive when it was there. And now at least you get to have an excuse to um, have everybody mic'd up and everything and um, really make it sort of a, you know, a very interactive experience for the fans. So that makes me have sort of a, a little bit of a wish list for, uh, for who I want on microphone. There's three guys I'm thinking of right now. Um, and one of them is Jose Ramirez, not just cause he's really good at baseball and is really underrated, but, uh, he's, he has a good personality. He's, it's not really showcased that often. Um, I know he, a few years ago, like he was on one of those momentum videos, one of those like live batting or those, uh, yeah, those live batting practice, uh, videos. And he was pretty funny on that. He's been described by his, by teammates and former teammates as a really funny guy. Uh, I think it would be really fun to have him mic'd up and, you know, on a national stage, get more people to see, oh, this guy, this guy's an all-star. He's been an all-star a lot. This guy rocks, actually. This guy, yeah, he's... This guy who's, like, one of the top five best players over the last, like, six years. No, he's actually really cool. Yeah, if if you just look at his home run, doubles, and stolen base totals over the last, like, eight years, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think it would be cool to get him on microphone. Um. I think it's kind of mandatory at this point. You got to have Freddie Freeman on microphone. He's a uh, he's he's a good guy to have on mic. He's very, very cordial with, you know, whoever's interviewing him and whatnot. And it's just fun to have him on. And uh, kind of a guy, a guy who's not going to be in the game, but I'm sure he's going to be participating in festivities and whatnot. I think it would be cool to get Spencer Strider on the mic. Uh, just because I've already seen him do a 20 minute thing with Foolish uh, Foolish Bailey. And, you know, you don't have to talk about all the music stuff, but I think he's just a really interesting personality that you don't see that that you don't see showcased that much. Uh, seems kind of, you know, I, I'd like to just get his perspective on pitching and all, you know, other stuff and all that. So that's who I'm looking for. Do you have any any particular guys in mind for that? One one thing that I kind of just realized um remember last year when they invited miggy and Pujols to the all-star game out of like courtesy and they're like yeah we're gonna do this thing every year where we just like invite one guy to the all-star game because it's like they're a legend and they're not, not worthy anymore but we want we still want them to make it yeah did they just like completely ditch that year i guess yeah miggy's not like they like if they were doing it again miguel carrera would be back here because this is his last year um anyway enough about that um if i'm if i'm picking a few guys to mic up um i mean i think moogie Betts has to be one of them he's quickly becoming mlb like one of mlb's most marketable players i mean he already was before but now i you know he's definitely been expressing himself a lot more uh on a public level especially since he got to the dodgers like he has a show on bleacher report now that he does um you know he's been very involved with like various causes throughout mlb um so i think Mookie Betts is a pretty obvious one. Um, I do want to mic up a pitcher of any sort. Um, so, I mean, I feel like the best pitcher to mic up. Uh, let's see. Who do we got here? Who do we got? I mean, Spencer Strider is a great one. Um, Marcus Stroman's also probably a decent one. Although, I is he pitching? Is he Was he replaced on the roster? Uh, yeah. I, I think on the MLB thing, it, there's an asterisk next to him, which I think means he's out. Yeah, he probably. I think he pitched recently. Um, 
don't know, he's a personality. Um, another one, if not him, uh, could be... Honestly, I, I would love to hear from... This is an unpopular take. This is just a guy that I would love to hear from because we're both big fans of him, and I'm very happy that he's an all-star, but I want to hear Alex Cobb on the mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for so sure. Like, guys, watch watch this ground ball right here. Um, And then I, and then I love the idea of micing up a catcher because I know that's something that they've done uh recently uh so get adley on there um you know they did some mic'd up content with adley rutschman this off season uh during his workouts and he was awesome he was doing i think you should leave quotes which is you know the key to my heart so uh i mean put adley on the mic put screw it put alex cobb on the mic and then throw mookie on the mic as well and i think those are that's the dream team right there but strider i also definitely agree with yeah yeah that's that's a that's a combo, and I think yeah, I mean, there's nine innings. They'll probably end up making up I don't know maybe eight, maybe on a high end ten guys. Because sometimes they mic up multiple guys at the same time. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was it was last year when they did uh Nestor Cortez and Jose Trevino. Yeah, and they also was... did Alec Manoa, like while he was pitching. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, th- that's the type of stuff I look forward to. The the game quality is is whatever but you know that that mic'd up stuff is always gonna is always gonna be entertaining so yeah you gotta look out for look out for all that um so yeah that's that's the all-star game um Mookie Betts is definitely a good one that's even even when he when he was with the Red Sox he was a good mic'd up option uh if you remember from that spring training uh, game. yeah I ain't getting this one boys yeah back in uh back in 2019 but yeah uh all right that should lead into players to highlight where we will be you know we will start off by talking about players that are kind of exceeding expectations with our sunday july 8 july 9 2023 edition of how about that he's striking out less walking more and he's also making better contact turning into a strikeout machine just out of nowhere he's been excellent all around this year he is getting a about that um so for my how about that i thought i was crossing a team off the list but apparently we're not but i don't remember who else we did from this team um not that it matters but i'm talking about Hassan kim from the san diego padres as my how about that today uh going back to june 15th he is slashing 324 400 568 for a 968 ops and a 164 weighted runs created plus uh, his 1.3 F4 in that span is tied for the seventh highest among all position players. So he's been objectively a top 10 player over the last close to a month now. Uh, before this span, his strikeout rate was 24.1% on the season. And in this span, he's dropped it down to 18.8%. So he's striking out about 5.5% less, uh, which has been tremendous for him. Uh, his batted ball profile has remained relatively the same. He is his, uh, you know, his... Line drive rates and fly ball rates are up a little bit, but not a significant amount. But the key to his success is that he's been hitting the ball harder on the most important kinds of contact. So, for example, his average exit velocity on fly balls has gone from 88.5 miles per hour to 94 miles per hour. And his average exit velocity on line drives has gone from 91.8 miles per hour 
power to 96.6 miles per hour. So he's hitting the ball harder on fly balls and line drives. And as a result, his slugging percentage on these batted balls has gone from 778 before the span to 1129 in this span. Um, so he's hitting the ball harder when it matters. And obviously it's it's been paying off for him. Um, additionally, before this span, 17.1% of his batted balls were above 40 feet which is usually never a hit, no matter who you are. And in this span, he has cut it down to just 10.2%. So he's hitting the ball way up in the air, 7% less. Uh, his hard hit rate has gone from 23.3% before this span to 42.4% in this span. His sweet spot rate has gone from 33.6% to 44.1%. And his barrel rate has gone from 4.1% to 10.2%. He had six barrels in his first 232 plate appearances this season, and he has doubled that in his last 85 plate appearances. Uh, on top of this, he's also been an elite defender. Uh, he is tied for second in, in outs above average in both June and July. And he's also a solid base runner with uh, 0.7 BS, BSR in the span. Uh, that means he's been above average. Uh, so Ha Song Kim has been uh, pretty much dominant on all fronts. He's hitting the ball harder. He's making better kinds of contact. And he's doing all the little things right with defense and base running. Yeah, Ha Song Kim. Uh, yeah, he's been, I mean, anytime he can deliver at the plate, it makes him such a, such a complete player given his defensive and base running capabilities. Uh, do you remember yeah. the other Padre that we did? Uh, Michael Walker. Yep. You did Michael Walker. You're right. Good yeah. Call. Um, and yeah, this one, this one I think might have a little more validity to it than, uh, than Michael Walker, but I mean, Waka was doing well, but Hassan Kim, you could argue, definitely doing better. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the few non-struggling Padres out there uh, is Hassan Kim, or at least non-struggling guys who doesn't necessarily have a big high profile. All right, so my how about that? Um, for the third time this year, I'm going with my favorite team. It is the with the uh, Boston Red Sox. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to talk about uh, James Paxton here, who, uh, you know, he James Paxton, uh, you know, not hasn't really been that active since 2019. He got uh, Tommy John surgery uh, back at the around the start of 2021 and was out for all of 2022 and for like five months of 2021 and finally came back. We witnessed. Yeah, we witnessed his first start. As a Red Sox pitcher, uh, first ever started for the Red Sox, and uh, particularly in James Paxton's last seven starts, he has really uh, come to you know reached his full potential. Uh, he has a 1.93 ERA and 3.03 FIP in his last seven starts in 42 innings pitch, you know, averaging six innings per start there as well. Out of 83 qualifiers in the span, his ERA ranks fourth. Out of 110 pitchers. With 500 plus pitches thrown in this span, his expected batting average against ranks third, expected slugging against ranks fourth, and expected WOBA against ranks fourth as well. Along with that, James Paxton's whiff rate in this span is 31%, which ranks 13th out of 102 pitchers with 250 plus swings against them in this span. And his chase rate in the span is also 33%, which ranks 16th out of 109 pitchers 
with 250 plus pitches out of the zone in this span, uh, particularly against his cutter. Hitters are hitting 103 with a 141 expected batting average and slugging 205 with a 194 expected slugging. You know, that's a, a sub 200 expected slugging on a certain pitch uh, over this span is is really insane. And out of 45 pitchers to throw 100 plus cutters in the span, his average against ranks first and expected batting average, uh, expected batting average slugging and expected slugging on his cutter all rank second out of 45. And uh, along with that, James Paxton has a 40% whiff rate on that cutter, which ranks fourth out of 45. So James Paxton, you know, the, the we know more than anybody is, or we know, you know, more than any other fan base that the Red Sox starting rotation has become sort of a dry wasteland of injury and underperformance. And James Paxton, along with Brian Bayo, has given a little bit of hope. And James Paxton has been a real pleasant surprise for Red Sox fans. And he is getting a... How about that? Um, so yeah, well-deserved. Well-deserved, well-deserved. A good story come, being able to come back uh, from Tommy John surgery and perform immediately uh, upon arrival. So that does it for how about that uh and now to go from the highs to the lows where we're talking players or subjects that have been underperforming for our sunday july 9 2023 edition of slightly alarming statistics he's been barreling up the ball way less he's not missing bats he's not getting the ball on the ground and people are hitting it in the air more it's been so bad he is getting a slightly alarming yeah so for my slightly alarming today um it does pay me to do this but i am talking about one of our favorites uh truly a staple to this show uh, um you know i never want to talk about this in a negative light but i am talking about salvador perez today uh because man has he been struggling at it uh mind you this is an all-star salvador perez uh who since may 15th is slashing 198 233 335 for a 568 ops and a 48 weighted runs created plus among the 162 qualifiers over the span, his batting average ranks t- tied for 152nd, his OBP ranks 159th, his slugging ranks 148th, his weighted runs created plus ranks 159th, and his minus 0.8 F4 ranks tied for third worst. He has been one of the top five worst position players uh, over the last nearly two months. Uh, All-star Salvador Perez. Uh, I know, it's hard to believe. Uh, his walk-to-strikeout ratio is... and that is tied for the second worst in that span as well. Uh, His hard hit rate on fly balls has gone from 60% before this span to just 38.7% in this span. Uh, Because of this, his slugging percentage on fly balls has fallen from 1070 before the span to 800 in this span. His ground ball rate has also gone from 30.4% to 37.9%, and his pop-up rate has gone from 6.1% to 10.3%. Before this span, 19.1% of his batted balls were 0 degrees or lower, and in this span, that number is up to 29.3%. Um, he's also struggled to make contact more than usual in this span. He's usually a guy that has a high strikeout rate, but it's been particularly bad uh, over the last two months. He has swung and missed at 29.9% of all fastballs that he has swung at in this span. That is the fourth highest rate among the 67 hitters with at least 200 swings against fastballs. Uh, again, he's whiffed at 
30% of his swings on fastballs, which is the fourth highest. He is also whiffed at 45% of breaking balls, the seventh highest whiff rate among the 100 hitters with 100 swings against breaking balls. Uh, Before this span, he only had a 21.4% whiff rate against fastballs and a 33.9% whiff rate against breaking balls. Salvador Perez... Overall, this season, because of this slump, is just barely above replacements. He has 0.1 uh, baseball reference wins above, or baseball reference wins above replacements, and uh, his Fangraphs wins above replacement is not much better. Like I mentioned, point negative uh, 0.8 in this span, uh, which has been just devastating. And on this season, uh, it's down to just I'm looking this up right now as we speak, and Fangraphs is not loading. Um, uh, but his F4 is 0.1 as well. His weighted runs created plus is 91. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Michael Lorenzen and him being an undeserving all-star. I'd argue he's not the most undeserving all-star in his division. Uh, all-star Salvador Perez is getting a slightly alarming for me today. Yeah, Salvador Perez. Slightly alarming. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough to... Uh, it's... It's tough to talk bad about a player you admire so much and you think mm-hmm. so highly of. And by the way, it, you know, going away from the bit, we don't really have anything against Salvador Perez personally. We just think he's massively overrated by especially going. This goes back to 2021 when people were saying he was he was, uh, you know, Yadier Molina behind the dish and freaking like Mike Piazza at the plate, which is completely untrue in both mm-hmm. respects. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a shame to talk about untrue on defense It's very untrue on defense. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a shame to, to talk about someone you, you usually speak so highly of. And that's why it's a shame that I, that we have to double up on him and talk badly about him again. Um, so, uh, Salvador Perez, um, <laughs> you, you put it down to May 15th. I put it down to around mid June. Uh, so it, it's about half the span. The numbers are worse in the span, unfortunately, because it is a, you know, it's, it's a smaller sample size. Uh, Salvador Perez in his last 20 games is hitting 149 with a 402 OPS and a nine weighted runs created plus out of 180 qualifiers in the span. His average ranks third lowest on base percentage ranks, fifth lowest slugging ranks, second lowest and OPS and weighted runs created plus both rank rank second lowest as well. Uh, out of 147, uh, and also the expected numbers are down, out of 147 hitters with 300-plus pitches seen in this span, his expected batting average ranks fourth lowest, expected slugging ranks fifth lowest, and expected WOBA also ranks fourth lowest out of 147. Uh, his strikeout rate has gone from 22% before the span to 34% in this span. And out of 180 qualifiers, his strikeout rate ranks 13th highest. And his whiff rate overall has gone from 29% to 38% in this span. And out of 132 hitters with 150 plus swings in this span, his whiff rate is fifth highest. Uh, One thing you mentioned was uh, hitting poorly against fastballs, um, particularly forcing fastballs in this 20-game span. He is slugging 158 on forcing fastballs in the span, and his whiff rate on them has gone from 28% before to 41% in this span. And out of 305 hitters with 25-plus swings against four-seamers in this span, his whiff rate against four-seamers is ninth highest out of over 300. 
Also, his average exit velocity has gone from 90.8 miles per hour to 88.6 miles per hour. And his sweet spot rate has gone from 42% to 30%. Along with that, uh, before this span, uh, Salvador Perez hit 70% of his batted balls from 0 to 49 degrees. Uh, that's essentially like not a super choppery, you know, it's 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 not a super choppery ground ball and it's not a pop-up. Uh, that's 0 to 49 degrees. Perez was 70% uh, in that in that range before the span the league average rate this year is uh 60% and hitters are hitting 467 and slugging 824 in that area and outside that area the league is hitting 137 and slugging 150 so that's a good area to be in is 0 to 49 degrees and Perez has gone from hitting that ball hitting the ball in that area from 70% of the time to now 45% of the time and out of 237 hitters with 40 plus batted balls in the span, his rate of batted balls in the zero to 49 degree launch angle range is seventh lowest out of 237. That's bottom four, bottom like 3% there. Uh, so Salvador Perez, he's swinging and missing more. He's striking out more, swinging and missing at forcing fastballs more, hitting the ball softer and hitting the ball at much less optimal, uh, you know, launch angle ranges, more ground balls, you know, more low, low ground balls, more high fly balls that won't get out of the stadium. And uh, yeah, it's a real shame that Salvador Perez from both of us is getting a slightly alarming. And I'm uh, guessing he got there via like the player votes, which is somehow worse than the fan votes. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I get it. The Royals are objectively a mess and do not deserve an all-star. Um you know, like there's really not a single person you could point to and be like, yeah, that that's their guy. So they just by default went with Salvador Perez, who is now a le- below league average bat and also devastatingly bad at defense and base running. Um, and, you know, like the most valuable player on the team has been like Michael Garcia, who hasn't been good enough to be an all star, but, you know, and also hasn't been good enough to get like nationally recognized, but he's straight up been the best player on their team overall. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, probably deserves it a little more than Salvador Perez for the, I don't know, sixth time or something like that. Been there a lot. Um, all right. Well, that does it for players to highlight. And now we will get, or no, yeah, we won't get into it. No, we will not. We won't get into it. On Monday, you got. You have yeah, no. Adolis Garcia versus Randy Rosarena. I know they're not pitchers, but they they are going against each other. That is personally, true. yeah. Matchup of the night comes from Ranger from uh, Rangers Rays. It's Adolis Garcia versus Randy Rosarena. <laughs> On Tuesday, matchup of the night comes from American League versus National League <laughs> in Seattle. <laughs> we don't know who it is though. We don't know who it is. Yeah, unannounced. Unannounced. Um, so yeah, that does it for this installment. It's TBD versus TBD. Yeah. <laughs> now this TBD, he's got better stuff than this other TBD, but the other <laughs> TBD has softer contact against him. So we'll see about that. <laughs> um, so that does it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. We hope you enjoyed this one. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and want to watch the conversation as it happens, or just jo- go check out our general 
digital content, go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. And if you are listening on YouTube and want to get the audio-only streams, uh, subscribe and follow the Apple Podcasts and Spotify streams. They are also called Above Replacement Radio. And follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter, at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram, at Daniel underscore Curran. Is your threads also at Daniel underscore Curran? Yes, it is. I haven't used it once, but whenever I do. Yeah, just in case. Hit me up on there. You know, if, yeah. if if you run out of if if threads turns into a thing where you run out of follows, you know, make sure to get to Daniel Curran first it's at Daniel Daniel underscore Curran mm-hmm. and uh, follow the show Instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next time where we will probably be talk, talking all things all star week. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.